welcome to The Lux Files, a podcast for occultists about occultists. I'm your host, Sean, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Be sure to subscribe to The Lux Files wherever you get your podcasts to stay up to date on all the new episodes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of season two of the Lux Files. I'm your host, Sean, of course. And I'm really, really, really excited about this episode for a couple of different reasons. Um, Like I said, uh, reason number one, it's uh, um, the first episode of season two. Uh, Number two, this is the first uh, topic specific uh, episode that I'm doing thus far. And uh, reason number three, it is my first round table. And what a round table I have. First up, I have Bob Freeman. He is an author and occult detective. I have Elfie Music. Elfie is a fabulous occultist, a paranormal investigator. And last but certainly not least, Michelle Belanger, psychic, author, everyone say hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hi. Hello. Happy Samhain, everyone. It's the yes. spooky season. This I can't is, believe how fast it's coming. <laughs> yeah, this is a great day uh, to talk about uh, what we're talking about uh, tonight, which is magic and paranormal investigations. And I'm really excited about this topic because this popped into my head months and months and months ago um, after uh, I had Michelle on uh, my podcast uh, for part one. And uh, throughout that conversation, it, it just kind of, you know, percolated in my head. And when we stopped recording... Um, I had brought up the idea with Michelle, mainly because like magic, of course, I'm, you know, I have a passing familiarity with, um, but (laughs) just a little bit, um, but paranormal investigations, I do not, I've never been on a paranormal investigation. The closest I've come to a paranormal investigation is my television. So I don't, I mean, I, you get an idea, of course, you know, of of what it's about, um, because they show you because that's, you know, what the television shows are about. Um, But I, the idea of using magic during a paranormal investigation, I just don't have like a fully formed concept. I have ideas in my head of what that looks like. Um, I have, um, certainly exaggerated ideas of what that looks like which is great because that ends up in my um paranormal or my magical occult uh short stories that i write um so it's great to have that um active imagination and to take everything to the extreme but actual uh practice of magic during paranormal investigation you know like i said i have ideas but i i just don't know what that looks like so i thought you know it's Samhain what better uh topic to talk about um but i mean i don't even know where to begin with this conversation really actually because i just this is just something so uh foreign to me 
So I actually don't even know where to begin with that. Maybe we should do it like that internet meme of like what people think I do, what I think I do, <laughs> what I actually do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and yeah. Our version of that. it's it's funny that you you bring that up because that's literally like I have an idea and then I completely exaggerate it and then I take it to the extreme and it ends up in a story uh, that I <laughs> I've read your fiction. It's not that different. Oh, interesting. You think it's extreme. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, it's not as different as you think it is. Oh, well, now I'm actually even more intrigued about this topic because, you know, like uh, in one of my stories, it involves a, um, uh, a, a like a dead uh, fiance who's literally sucking the life out of his living fiance and the, the, the main character um, has to like summon him in a circle and trap him in a triangle and is using a blasting rod so you know that's i to me i'm like well that's yeah that sounds yeah <laughs> sounds legit. yeah it sounds more or less right yeah oh well, okay so i well, mean you you've got elfie who was doing the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram in a boat at right, night trying right. to stand upright in the boat while intoning and doing the whole thing yeah now elfie do you like you must realize did you think about it at the time that like no one in the history of television did an actual lbrp on network television i think it was until like after the fact that thinking about because i really like the history of reading the history of magic itself and like there's been quite a lot of documentaries on on magic and ceremony yeah. magic and mostly wiccan gardening but i don't think anyone's like actually on least cable tv busted out the ritual <laughs> so yeah. i'm like and you yeah. didn't even like, see the whole thing what? you saw like clips of it so it wasn't like yeah. the whole shebang but it was yeah. still like i think this might be a first <laughs> yeah well, i think it totally was a first uh and <laughs> yeah i mean well, you can... it, was, it was fabulous I, okay. that, I i was hooked right then i was like yeah these are my people yeah <laughs> yeah I That's just wish they'd they gotten a little bit more of the footage of when um, that that former nun's house that was being haunted by the husband who committed suicide, and they had us do like a full cleaning, and it was hot as balls, and we were like stem to stern, like just mm -hmm. and, and like they're they're following us around, like filming each painstaking detail as we go from room to room, and like intone stuff and clear the energy and everything, and I think like three frames of that maybe maybe mm. made it into the episode at all and i mean we were we were in it to win it like we were just doing it um although i did feel a little bit bad because i, I like intoned like full projection intoned i hadn't warned shah the sound guy oh, <laughs> oh wow yeah <laughs> now do you think if paranormal state was an hour-long show that more of that would have been featured in the show or do you think the producer slash network was like this is a little too weird let's stick with the gizmos and the gadgets because you know normal people because i mean these shows are marketed to you know everyday america not the occult community so yeah. they're going to be more comfortable with with 
you know, gadgets and gizmos than they are with blasting rods and LBRPs. So do you think, do you think there would have been more of that or no? <clears throat> I, 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 I think it would be the latter because it, it's one of those things that's cool to be like, for me, I would love watching, but our audience was primarily, I feel like at least the people that we met like at conferences and events stuff were like middle-class America, mm. paranormal, maybe weekend paranormal investigators. A lot of them were of some mainstream religion flavor of some kind. And even though they were kind of okay with it, they were still, I think it would have weirded them out way too much. And yeah, I think I the producers half the time, they, they themselves weren't sure how to even explain it or like, how can we make this in the most simplest terms while we were trying to make it in the simplest terms? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Haunted Salem Live. Sorry. Uh, Haunted, yeah. Haunted Salem Live was kind of good for that though, because you, you, Michelle, did your whole uh, ritual thing in, uh, it was a bigger space. I can't remember where you were. We're uh, in the underneath Rockefellers. Oh. Okay, okay. But, and I, I, I remember uh, the, the Facebook live feed. Yeah, I remember watching that. It either, I can't remember, it either didn't show it or you could see it, but you couldn't really hear it. I can't remember. And then when um, uh, Greg and Dana uh, went back to Salem with um, Amy and Adam, that was a really good episode of Kindred Spirits. Like that was really, really good. And that was a little, you know, like at the end, you know, Dana sitting in her her chalk pentacle with the with the crystal bowls and whatnot. So there was a little bit, there was a little bit there, but still not not much, not much. I mean, you know, I think we're seeing more and more of it, right? Mm. So I mean, yeah. hell, you're bought to you know to show ritual, you know, in a documentary setting like that. You know, paranormal state broke the ground, but we've been getting bits, you know, more and more. And it it won't be long before we have a, you know, a full-on occult themed paranormal show, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, that would be that's my hope. Right? That'd be so I know what was it uh was it uh extreme paranormal? They certainly <laughs> tried to do that. If anybody remembers that show, that was what the uh, ghost man and demon hunter. Oh wait. Was that Remember the one that did like guys? a blood ritual or something? Yeah, exactly. He did oh, a blood okay. ritual in the, in the prison and yeah, exactly. I and think I, I went like, like well, wow, they went there. I, I'm <laughs> not yeah, exactly. The, the, the thing is, is with the TV as it goes right now, it's like there there's either like it's all tech or they want to go like gonzo, wild, like mm. sensationalistic magic and they don't seem to quite have wrapped their heads around the fact that the the middle ground is actually interesting, even if it isn't necessarily showy in the way that they expect it to be. Mm -hmm. uh, that the audience now is educated <clears throat> enough, is open-minded enough, at least is curious enough, uh, and is probably as sick as I am of just sitting and watching hours and hours of people talking to uh, a broken radio box. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know, the thing is, is that the the middle ground magic um, can be pretty showy, though, uh, edited the right way. I mean, you know, you can't 
film and, and like show on a television a full LBRP because that would be kind of boring. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, a full invocation that would be a little boring, you know, like like clips and you know like a few minutes here and there. But you know, the middle ground of, of magic could be pretty showy. Um, <clears throat> it would be a little it would have to be a little bit more tool heavy um you know whip out the floor cloth you know because if you're thinking about visuals as well and that would be good for for the audience too um you know like so, some more like visual representation representations of of magic so i think it could be done um i told michelle a dream that i had I think this was the second time you were on uh, the podcast that I had a dream that you, Bob, and I were doing uh, an, a paranormal investigation. There was another person there. I think it was a guy, but I'm not sure. And he had like the camera and, you know, a little bit like more like equipment stuff. And we were in a house and there was a, a female ghost but you couldn't connect with her because like, like, like she was too weak or something like that. So we did like this energy raising ritual and fed her this energy. And so she was able to strengthen and communicate with us. And the reason why she was so like weak and unable to communicate with you at the beginning was she's being trapped in there by this demon. So then we had to do this demon invocation and we conjure the demon and then we vanquished him and we just saved it. But we literally like, I remember going like, and the floor, you know, uh, the floor cloth just unrolls, you know, <laughs> and someone had a sword and we had the candles and the incense. And I mean, it could be done in a, like a, a cool way, you know, like, no you know let's cut the head off of chickens and you know blood in in goblets and and stuff like that I think it could be done in a really cool way where you combine some tech you combine some magic it's not too extreme on either end and come up with a really good um show but also you know helping people as well yeah well I think the thing is is that as much as much as I'm not a fan of it, it this is becoming more accepted or at least more known in the mainstream that you're talking about because of like things like TikTok with like witch talk and everything. I mean, there was a post of a Barnes and Noble witch talk beginner pagan right. books and display right. went on. Right. So <laughs> and and uh. there there's like videos of like occult shops and meeting new people in the new age sphere in the pagan sphere so it's becoming more mainstream that it's not just now you only see this during the Halloween season now you're seeing more year round mm -hmm. so I can see this at least becoming more like people become more curious to want to see it now and what I find funny is like if I stood and did my like tower like ritual daily ritual thing one, it would only take about maybe 15 minutes and two, it would be utterly boring. Totally boring. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> or people would be like, what is she saying? Is that Latin Hebrew? What is that? Yeah. Like, you know, the movie, A Dark Song, where they, you know, they're they're doing the Abermelon operation. And mm -hmm. of course, nothing in that movie is actually the Abermelon operation, but it couldn't be because if they were to you know, film 
these two characters doing the Abermelon operation, like you'd literally be sitting in your house watching mm-hmm. so the, the main character, Sophia, eating bread. <laughs> right <laughs> you know i mean it's it's not exciting so they had to you know they had to exaggerate it and they brought in a lot of eastern elements. film me for four hours now doing your meditations <laughs> and your daily prayers yeah yeah yeah, yeah. a gopro in, in kess's a like kess's house with all of air stuff oh like <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like you can't, I mean, the rituals that we do and I, I think, I think Elfie and I, we talked about this. Hmm. I can't remember um, why I like, uh, like, like in, in television and movies, exaggerated forms of, of magic, like, witches that are like shooting like fire out of their hands is Mm -hmm. because in ritual like that's how I feel Mm -hmm. it's Uh, it's more of a visual what's what's going on your head how you're you're yeah what you're feeling what's going on in your head Mm -hmm. you're all powerful um things are going on that are so amazing you're seeing amazing things but you can't film it because yeah. I'm literally standing in front of my altar, completely silent for an hour, mm-hmm. you know? So you need that, you know, that exaggerated idea of what magic is. Like they're showing what I'm experiencing um, mm-hmm. in my, in my um, head, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's when, when I do astro work, that's, that's the way it is for, yeah. for me. Yeah. You know, then that that's what I'm seeing uh, you know when I'm astral. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm seeing the fire. I'm seeing the the angelic spirits fully manifest. Um and yeah, there's no you but when you're filming it, yeah, they're right. I, you're sitting there yeah, into a black mirror. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great for me. It would suck for the audience, and it would suck for you know the cast. The producer comes up like, "What are you doing? He's crying." <laughs> yeah, it, it would suck. For the, it would suck for the cast, be in our cast hour. Though, because that show would last a season, and the cast would be like, <laughs> or the, the 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 network would be like to the cast, "Bye." Meanwhile, you've done like such powerful stuff, and you know, and and you you helped people. And mm-hmm. you, you did all this amazing stuff. But I mean, yeah, no, you can't film that. Um, bits, bits. It's actually. one of the reasons, it's one of the reasons why I chose the spirit gathering of Immuthes for the Haunted Salem Live, because it wasn't just me sitting and scrying in a bowl. Mm-hmm. That's a two person operation. One person is basically the operator and is the one who's doing a lot of the showy stuff. Mm-hmm. And it does mm-hmm. tools like there's, activities that the viewing audience can connect to yeah Um, and i think some of it is is about that like you have to to be a um a paranormal occultist or a paranormal witch who's using those on investigations particularly if those investigations are televised Mm. um you need to pick and choose what you put forward to the camera yeah Um, that doesn't mean that you should be inauthentic it means that you recognize that there's a certain amount of theater in ritual 
And there's an effective, a part of the effectiveness of ritual is finding how it appeals not only to you, but also to the, all of the people who are involved in that. And when you're on television, you have to accept that the viewing audience, those are also people participating in that magic, whether yeah. they are fully aware of it or not. You have to yeah. like pull them up to it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, there's, you're right, like there's nothing inauthentic about, you know, having that consideration because if that was the case, our rituals and the spaces we do them in would be so much different. We wouldn't have, you know, fancy floral cloths um, because we don't need them. We like them because they mm -hmm. really set the mood and um, masks and, and whatever, like all the stuff that we put together for ritual. Um, you know, there, there is a sense of, of theater uh, to it and it, it helps put us in the mood partly you know um helps put us in the mood but you think back to all of the the mystery traditions of you know thousands of years ago and the mystery plays and whatnot so it's not inauthentic to say you know you're going to do certain things for the camera because it's going to look better for for the audience that's not inauthentic it's like I'd, I'd rather do this procedure because there's more activity than sitting by myself scrying because no one's going to sit and watch that. Right. You look at uh, Alex yeah. and Max Sanders, right? Mm -hmm. the, you know, mm -hmm. the, what they did, you know, they made high theater out of high magic. And yeah. mm -hmm. uh, you, you watch those films today and they're still, they're magnificent. And that's, I mean, that, and that's, you know, you could do the same thing uh, in a modern setting. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Ordinarily, I'm very much in your camp, Bob. Most, like, like, if it is only me, most of my work is internal. It's energy work. It's up in the subtle reality, astral. Like, it's, it's all elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And mostly, I'm just sitting there, fixated, like, just sitting in a room, kneeling, whatever, just doing a thing and the rest of the activity is where you where observers can't typically see it yeah mm -hmm. yeah exactly exactly oh yeah i mean like like you're saying there's those amazing films from the like the 60s and 70s of the rituals and such and they're very psychedelic and they're very mm -hmm. intense and very like you said psychodrama and but they're still rituals. They're still, they were still fully doing on rituals, but they were doing very theatric rituals because they were trying to show a visualization of the, what was going on in their head and everything. And I think that's where it, it's the, trying to find that fine line of showing, being entertained enough that you're conveying the information without it going so far over that you lose the point of, the ritual you're doing and everything mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yeah that's definitely that's always tricky part because i know for myself like for me it took a long time to figure this out because i'm very much like i want to be very authentic very accurate and very intense and it's like and also but then it's like but that's gonna be very boring in front of the camera right so it's been a long road trying to figure that out and balance that out one cinematic option i could see is doing like 
filming the person actually doing the ritual or whatever it is, uh, whether that's in silence, whether you're just seeing all of the activity and in the focus, and then having a voiceover where they've been interviewed and they are narrating like, and this is why I'm doing this and this mm -hmm. is what this mm -hmm. means. Mm -hmm. so, so you like the two perspectives of here's the theater of it and also here's the purpose. Yeah. Actually, I could see that almost like an extra where you you do the the ritual for whatever show or everything, and then the actual bit is like, well, here's now breakdown of why this is done and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that would fit with the way uh, reality TV works too, because they, they have voiceovers like that for, uh, like, you know, people are are meeting up for their first date or anything, mm -hmm. and like you get the voiceover of like, I was so nervous, and oh, when I first saw him, I don't know, my little heart went pitter pat. <laughs> <laughs> I see you uh, uh, a four way of uh, you uh, romance. Uh, no, romance. Writer. From Shadow Side, oh, from Shadow Side to Paradise Island. <laughs> okay. I, I so prefer the narration of Anthony Bourdain, No Reservations, and his like snarky sarcasm. Mm -hmm mixed in with poetry and like look at the beautiful scenery that we're doing yeah, here and yeah, i had to do this yeah. for the fifth time yeah. <laughs> okay so um just as an aside for a second bob what was that show extreme something extreme paranormal okay because mm. i've never heard of that so i yeah. um, it, it was like uh maybe four episodes is all it was like uh, a, yeah and it never got picked up uh, Where? after that so uh, what uh, what network did it play on? A and E. Oh, okay. mm -hmm. I wonder if that can be found anywhere. I spent all day looking for it because <laughs> I, I was I was wanting to re refresh my mind so we could talk about it a little bit. But okay, it's been two years to remember beyond the blood ritual, you know yeah. that he did. Um, yeah. Okay. I would say he did that like in a prison or something too. Yes, it was in a, he was in a cell and he did a, a, a blood rite to feed the spirit energy. His, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty interesting. Something I, I never thought I'd see on TV. That's yeah, sure, so. I can see how that didn't get picked up. I mean, because <laughs> we all know, we all know there's, you know, there's other very effective ways of, of raising energy mm -hmm. and then having to resort to blood yours or anybody or anything else's um, it was very dramatic though well i can i can see why they did it because they were like okay well let's go to this extreme and be very dramatic and see what the reaction is so i get the attempt I also am not surprised that it didn't get picked up. Although I don't know, like A and E, um, I don't know. Maybe if it was another network, it would depend. So there, there's so much weird considerations, and it it like goes up this chain of like here's the team who is doing it and here's the people who are pitching it and like they pitch it to these execs and those execs and then mm -hmm. like there's a network and then there's like the overarching people in charge of stuff and uh i, I there's a reason i don't pitch my own shows i <laughs> do not i neither have the spoons nor the patience i 
no, I would quickly, very quickly develop a bad reputation in Hollywood. It's not a fast process. And I, I feel like there's this weird thing where on one hand, they want the spooky stuff, the extreme stuff, but to a point. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're not sure where that line is until you hit it. And it's like, but you said you wanted spooky and scary. We're giving you spooky and scary. They're like, but that's too much. It's like, we're like going at five. We're not even to get at 10. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, to us, to them, you know, like, again, we're, we're talking about normals. So yeah. our, our five or their tens. Well, and, and, and that's, that's part of the challenge too. I've been um, kind of in like soft negotiations with some folks who want to pitch a, a show with me and we keep cycling around ideas. And every time they have an idea, they're like, hey, you do this thing. How about this? It's like five hour conversations of me just giving them baby steps to a mm-hmm. point where they can wrap their head around what mm-hmm. that even is. Like, what yeah. would that possibly look like? How would we put that in an episode? So yeah. that barrier of like, we are hip deep in this and it's familiar to us. So mm-hmm. when you say that there's a difference between a Wiccan and a witch and somebody who practices the Lima and like all of that stuff, that's like speaking a completely foreign language to them yeah. and you have like very they don't know what they don't know yeah mm-hmm. and that's a hard conversation that's a hard place to start at mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. look at uh, you know like uh, uh strange angel which was a fantastic show right oh, you know yeah. but i think it failed because they the audience just couldn't connect with Thelema with with you know mm-hmm. it was just it was just too weird for him. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. At least we got two seasons, but uh, uh, then again, maybe the show just ended because they introduced L. Ron Hubbard. So Scientology put the kibosh in that. Like nope. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, I could see that being a thing. Definitely. Yeah. I think, I mean, you know, I think about uh, uh, the chilling adventures of Sabrina Mm -hmm. um, and how that, you know, everyone loves it and it's so entertaining, blah, 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 blah. And then Strange Angel, where it's like, oh, this is really weird because you go into Sabrina knowing that these are all fictional characters. You go to Strange Angel, like, wait, people actually believe this? People actually did this mm-hmm. uh, oh my god people are doing it now like this is today and and just be like this is weird i can't i can't deal with this i get mm-hmm. it i mean i get it i i don't you know look down on anyone um for for being like oh this is too weird for me because it's not their world you know well i mean even we talked about the the last time and everything where i i had to realize like where my bar sits it might be a little higher than most people's bar when it comes yeah. to dealing with a haunting in a house. Yeah. I'm going like, oh, it's a haunting. They're like, oh my God. It's like, oh, that's right. You probably didn't grow up with this or deal with it. Okay, let me lower my bar slightly. Sorry yeah, about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just sure, a- absolutely. Your house from your, like your dad and your mom, like the, mm-hmm. did the paintings and the stuff that your dad collected, like that's normal. Or the, my, my space, like the stuff over oh, here. Yeah. Um, where so cool and they're like, like that's oh. so weird and like what <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's a tuesday guys that's a tuesday yeah right. really <laughs> yeah that's true that's true but yeah i agree like the children's of children ventures you know, it's it's like you said it's because it's fictional i mean like that one show uh, salem 
with the really like cool dark like witchcraft and they were went over the top with the whole Salem stuff but it was one of those like because that was more fictionalized people were able like to cool with it but if they saw anyone doing even anything remotely like that in reality which it might be closer to like traditional witchcraft or something people would just freak out and yeah, whatnot because yeah. to them they're like oh it's fiction this, this fancy yeah. but then it's like wait you're actually doing this hey we lost bob oh no oh no 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 he's still here it's just his video okay there we uh, go okay. could you imagine trying to pitch a show about um alistair crowley like doing like a show like <laughs> where it's it's you know uh truthful but fictional as well you know what i mean he's a world traveler and a trust fund kid but he also has like a wicked drug habit and he really likes butt stuff a rich guy that likes butt stuff i'm all in i am all in absolutely i i'd be if i was he a, likes hiking he likes all the hiking and playing chess yeah. <laughs> does yeah. some yoga yeah. <laughs> now that being said did anybody watch the movie chemical wedding not recently i i, no. I didn't catch i've been yeah so that was uh bruce dickerson from iron maiden wrote it and produced it and basically it was a college professor who downloads the AI of Alistair Crowley oh into his God. brain and he becomes Crowley. Oh, okay, ridiculous. now I got to see this. It's ridiculous. But I've heard of you've got to watch it. You've got to watch that. it. That doesn't sound fun. <laughs> right? Is yeah. it, it's called chem Chemical Wedding? Chemical Wedding, yep. Oh, I need to see that. Yeah, yep. I'm, I'm going to have to check that out. Um, yeah, audience, watch this movie and... Uh, um, let me know what you think on Twitter. I'll be really interested to, I'd be really interested to, uh, to hear what people think of it. And, um, oh, and watch a dark song. If you haven't seen a dark song, just watch it. Especially for anyone that's listening to this episode that isn't into the occult, uh, like, like practicing magic or anything. Um, even though, like I was saying, they're not actually doing the Abermelon operation. I think this is the closest representation I've seen on camera of what I do as a magician, uh, because it's not exaggerated. I mean, I don't often get um, uh, gold um, uh, falling from the ceiling onto me, unfortunately, uh, like <laughs> Sophia did. But, you know, in, in, in all seriousness, um, it's a really good sort of uh, visual representation of, of what we do as occultists. Um, not the blood drinking part, uh, which I, I still can't watch. I always turn because oh. I just just the thought of it. I just can't. Um, but, oh, well, getting... you know, they had to throw that in somewhere. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, you know, you have to exaggerate things uh, to a certain degree. Um, again, for 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 you know the entertainment entertainment purposes, but it's just it's such a good movie, and the ending is glorious. I I'm not going to say I'm not going to describe it. Really? The ending is so glorious, 
And yeah, watch it. A dark song. Um, I reached out to um, um, Leon Gavin to to see if I can get him on the podcast. I haven't heard back from him yet, which he, he's probably he's not going to respond to me. But I thought, what the hell? He was like the writer producer. Director. Shoot for the moon. It's right? like you never know if you don't ask. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Liam, um, you got my email. So hit me up. Anyways, okay. So, um, so you are going on a paranormal investigation. I assume your magic starts before the investigation. Um, and that would be protections uh that would be even you know doing something to kind of see if you can get some impressions ideas about what's going on i don't know so you know if one of you wants to kind of start with that and uh pre-investigation magic I mean, it, it depends on what I've been tapped to do as an investigator, because if I'm coming in as a psychic, that's a very different setup than if I'm coming in as the occult expert or the person to, like, assess whether or not something needs to be battled and cleared out. Because mm. as a psychic, um, it's more about taking a lot of my boundaries down, a lot of my protections right. down, that I'm open as possible. Uh, and, but, but I do have some, some items. I'm, I'm not a big like stuff heavy uh magical worker like i don't have i i am the tool in most cases like i do a lot of energy work and a lot of things but i do think that there's some benefit in um the sort of accreted power in objects that you have a strong association with and that you've used over and over again uh so Everybody knows at this point, probably my iconic leather trench coat with the red interior. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is a magical object. I've got a lot of wards and a lot of things worked into that. Uh, so it, when, when I'm personally not shielding, that is uh, a shielding and grounding thing. Like there's a lot worked into that. Uh, and I think it dovetails with the fact that most of my magic connects with death and the dead so it's leather there's a reason why i'm wearing the skin of, of slaughtered animals on my back mm -hmm. uh, and there is a mala that i have uh, that i made of um those little bone beads of it's usually like ox bone i think mm -hmm. um they're used in tibetan buddhism uh but again because they're bone uh i use them to help focus in on the perceptions and the energies of the dead and the spirits at the location because i was starting to notice that i was reading the people mm -hmm. uh, and since that's not my job and i want to actually like get the read of the space i have that um as a, as a thing to kind of redirect me so i'm not just telepathically plucking uh you know the, the memory of the the tour from from jack and katrina for for example mm -hmm. right and then another big part of my magic is I do a lot of work with spirits. I have a, a cohort, a, a whole bunch of spirit companions who basically take care of a lot of the protection and stuff and run interference for me, especially when I have made myself vulnerable by pulling down most of my uh, things. So they're the ones that 
if I go into a place and I'm like, oh, this is a lot to try to clear out, especially if, if my job is to clear stuff out, uh, I'm, I'm definitely bringing my, my, my disembodied and I'm like, okay, go, go get them, go get them, just go get them. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I, so because you work with like a lot of uh, spirit companions and you're, you're going into like a, a, an investigation where presumably there's going to be some sort of uh, spirit, whether it's, it's spirit of a, of a person or, you know, some sort of land spirit or, or something like that, or I, I guess demon, whatever. Um, because like, you know, working with spirits, you know, and we talk about working with spirits and, and invoking and whatnot, and, and there's a level of communication, but it's not easy, easy. Like you're not sitting there like full on communication, like you're chatting over coffee because, you know, it's, it's, you know, like a material person speaking to a, 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 a energetic being, you know, mm. there, there's a, a, a sort of disconnect there. So I guess I would think that if you're dealing with spirits that say need to be moved on or even negative spirits, if you have spirit companions that you work really closely with, they're going to do a lot of that work because they're on the same plane they can do that yeah. a lot more effectively a lot yeah, more it, easily and it, it's one of the reasons why i like to do that because th since they're already on, like like they're they're working in their native territory hmm. for lack of a better term uh they're especially useful for clearing spaces for protections uh, for the rare instances where something needs to like go toe to toe with something that does not want to leave or something that is aggressive. Mm -hmm. uh, on the same token, if I'm only going for like a psychic reading or something, I usually have to ask most of them at first to wait outside so they don't disrupt the natural ecology of a haunted location. Right. Because right. having like some, some new like, you know, pack of, of dead things show up uh, can make the things that are actually part of uh, you know, the haunted house or whatever uh, either like all react negatively or just hide just be like nope don't know who these are don't want to deal with it yeah mm -hmm. and the same the same sort of um, theory would apply with what I was just talking about um, because if you if anyone everyone that walks every you know like physical being that walks into a haunted location affects it you know to a certain degree then any spirits that you're bringing in are going to do that affected but a lot more effectively because again they're on the same plane so that would that actually make sense that's not something i i would have thought of um you know not having that experience but yeah that would make sense because they're they're on the same plane as the spirits are trying to figure out what and who they are. So that would make sense that they would have more of an impact um, just by being there. And in the center of the frighteners, 
uh, early on when Sergi and Ryan found out that I worked with a lot of spirits that would come with me, there, there were more than a few times where they're like, nothing's happening. Could one of your people do something? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So have you ever run into a situation, uh, Michelle, where um, the spirits that you work with have been put in danger? Not in any way that they made it clear to me that they felt that they were in danger. Um, there have been a few times where there were throwdowns, uh, uh, but I am fairly confident in the ability of the ones that come along with me in this capacity to take care of themselves. I mean, Elfie, you, you've, you've met a few of them. Um, they're, <laughs> they're, yeah, they, they can hold their own. They, they can lot. definitely hold their own. <laughs> And, and let me be really clear, like these are not like uh, spirits that I, that I bind, that I command. These are, uh, for lack of a better term, ancestor spirits, although it's not blood, it's, it's, it's a fairly complicated thing with my particular tradition. And also uh, they are very strong personalities. Uh, mm. They have their own opinions about like, if they're coming, if they're helping. Uh, there have been several instances where they're just like, fuck this, you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i they you, I've, I've seen you like being able to like go like okay we need some guards up at the doorway and everything and then there's sometimes where they're like nope i'm mm -hmm. on my coffee break i'm nope mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wow you got they're this snarky. you're fine <laughs> very uh sometimes it's like no no you're doing it for another tv thing Ugh, no no i'm not coming along i i've got to do up for this. Like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> interesting interesting huh. yeah a curious thing we just did um I, i've never done like a, this long distance like zoom seance thing with kyle and pagan for their chaos and shadow podcast oh right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i i took a, a risk and i was like okay i'm gonna have a couple of disembodied like try to communicate with this so when we work with them like there's uh sensations that i've just taken to assume is what it feels like when there's a lot of spirit activity like this sort of like pressure the sense of something like behind you kind of like weighing the space down uh intense tingling from you know hands all the way up to your mm -hmm. elbows to a point where it like feels like you have stuck your hand in a socket mm -hmm. uh but when we were doing this uh a bunch of the folks in the audience as well as uh Kyle and Pagan well Pe Pagan specifically as they were participating were reporting these experiences and they seemed anomalous to them. Like these were not things that were normal for them to experience mm. spirits. And I'm like, oh, no, this is just dealing with these, these, these blokes are just heavy. <laughs> like there's just a lot and they loom. And mm. uh, I will ask them nicely to like, stop looming and leave you alone when we're done. Cause they're very literal. And since you said, hey, you want to meet them they might just hang around if I don't, don't say that's, that's, not, that's not cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I will say that there's something, um, there's something to um, cyber magic and and doing a lot of this work uh, via Zoom mm. that I didn't think existed or was possible even six months ago. Mm -hmm. um, when when you know, in, in like the late 90s when people started doing uh, online rituals, and of course back then it was just all typing, um, I had very, you know, I, I've had this opinion since the, the late 90s, uh, very clear like 
computers have nothing to do with magic. Um, well, because uh, also online isn't you the always an, sorry you always inevitably had those people who are like I'm astrally projecting into your room right now. Can't you feel me? Like like <laughs> trying to take cyber sex to a, a like like we all mm. knew those people in those yeah. channels and on those forums. Like they, yeah oh. yeah yeah yeah. But now um, my whole like I'm having to like rethink and reevaluate everything, all of my opinions that I've had um, about that. So it doesn't surprise me. Experiencing what I've experienced doing cyber magic with um, the Hermetic Mystery School uh, group uh, that like we do this every Sunday evening. Um, it doesn't surprise me to hear you, you like your, your cyber seance the, those kind of experiences it just it doesn't surprise me anymore and you know I'm a lot, I'm a lot open-minded um uh about what's going on with with computers and these connections like I I know you know magic and and spirits and you know like the the um the the, the spiritual world and whatnot yes you could do magic here in my ritual room to affect something over there but I never, it's having a connection between two people long distance over Zoom um, where you're experiencing the same thing. I did think was a thing. And now I'm thinking that computers, the internet isn't just a useful tool, but an actual magical tool. Hmm. So go ahead. When you think about it, it's just an artificially constructed, the, the internet, the, these, these virtual spaces are an artificially constructed area in the near astral. Mm -hmm. Like, like yeah. it's same principles and it's simply man-made and yeah. it, it just takes a little bit of like, you know, just, just, just a sidestep in the way that we do it. Uh, I used to blow up all my technology. I, I am able to work with things um, when I started to treat them literally as ritual tools, mm. creating them, like doing all the same stuff that I do with my books and with my pens, like imbuing, naming them, making them an extension of myself uh, and making them just, just one more uh, scrying mirror through which uh, like, like I can go into to get out of. Right, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I think also with in this last year and everything, it's people having to, it's, it always comes down to having to adapt and, and to, to work with because beforehand there was always that, well, we can just meet in person. There was never a forced need to. Now, when we were isolated in quarantine, there was now, well, we, want to do this we can't meet so we're going to have to actually work mm. on this and work essentially work almost this muscle that we don't usually uh think about oh. and i think that's what probably surprised people that like oh this actually works i just have to work a little extra harder on it yeah. because now i have to do it if i want to get any of this done well look at us um with the connection ritual every saturday night and mm. shared experiences you know um yeah, oh, it, yeah. It's, yeah um it, it it's it, it it's a thing and like i said i i didn't think um 
I just, I just didn't think I, I, you know, I, I had my biases about, um, you know, mixing technology with magic and I was wrong. Like I, I was wrong. I, I don't mind admitting when I'm wrong. Uh, I mean, it happens so rarely. Um, like this is, this is probably the first time I've been wrong in like two decades about anything. So, I, I, so. I felt dirty the first time I read uh, tarot, uh, you know, over, over a phone connection. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. like it, just, it, it didn't feel right. And then mm-hmm. over time, then all of a sudden, yeah, it's as natural as anything. Yeah. 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 Um, I always want to touch the cards. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wanted that physical connection. And yeah, so it is not necessary. Yeah. 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 So, um, okay. Uh, how about, um, Alfie, um, pre, uh, investigation magic. What does that look like? Uh, for, uh, for me, Lafayette is, uh, like I used to have like a, like kind of a magic bag, magical bag that kind of evolved and changed and grew and, and shrunk and everything. These days it's, it's a lot more simpler items and everything. Um, I think it used to be a much bigger bag and for I would wear personal pieces of jewelry that I had kind of charged almost unconsciously for protection and everything I had particular pieces that I if I go on vacation investigation those would be the pieces I would wear and whatnot um is actually taking a lot of work with investigations to like bring down the barriers because apparently I have a lot of natural walls. So a lot of my magic work going into investigation is actually trying to uh, chisel that away. So I actually could feel anything or even put out energy because it's like a lead wall most of the time. (laughs) These amazing fractal shield, like, holy moly. Yeah. If I can get that down. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's oh. what people keep doing. Like, oh, yeah, I see this. I'm like, okay, cool. I believe you. <laughs> yeah, no, Elvie's L- 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 a satellite puzzle box. It's it's freaking cool. Anyway. <laughs> and how um, how strong are those walls? Like, are they, because what are you, what, if, if you say kept them all up, mm-hmm what are you not feeling like is it is it like the internal sensations are also uh physical um external sensations touches strokes anything like that possibly physical i mean the thing was it actually wasn't until i because the running joke used to be that ghosts would run into a wall when it came to me and if mm-hmm. i would literally have to have a like like something laying on my head before i would know something was going on so okay. it actually it was something i had to kind of figure out like okay and i don't remember putting up these shields but i mm-hmm. feel like i unconsciously unconsciously put up these shields because of just going into unfamiliar places and into investigations where like it's one thing if there's weird stuff going on in my house but if i'm going to a place i'm not familiar with then apparently my brain's like shields up Mm, yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah. and so it was now me having to almost like uh consciously go okay we can't have all these shields up if 
we want to actually experience something. And after a long time, I've started to actually uh, experience things, but also really just sitting there and really analyzing when I, if I'm actually feeling something, because I think I also put it a lot in the back of my head, like, oh, I didn't experience anything, but it's like, maybe I did. I'm just ignoring it because I'm like, you're not here. I'm just doing my thing. Yeah. yeah, It's it's been very strange. (laughs) Oh, I know. Like I, if not like this would actually happen, but I'm just going to be a Mm. little um, dramatic. If I was in a paranormal investigation and a ghost manifested two feet in front of me, fully formed, just like a person who started chit-chatting with me and then just disappeared. I'm like, well, that never happened. <laughs> but I, I didn't, that, no, I, I just thought, oh. you know, I didn't experience anything. Cause well, I, I I'm, I'm such a doubter about everything. You know what I mean? And um, my friend, Allison, who I had on, on uh, um, the podcast, like she read me and she's like, she's like, just, enough like enough with the bullshit Sean um you know because I'm like no I don't I don't I don't experience anything she's like fuck off (laughs) enough yeah that's that's pretty much was me it's like I don't experience anything goes run into walnuts and then it wasn't until later look back I'm like okay and the thing is when I've had experiences it wasn't until like two or three beats later be like I just saw something (laughs) Or I just literally ran into something and it's like, yeah, that might have been a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> and then my skeptical brain goes like, nah, you're just seeing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, you're also really tough. You fell through a ceiling and just sort of walked off. Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, tell that story. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Well, I, I will admit I was being an idiot when I when it happened. I was told very clearly, do not put your foot on the the, the flooring in the attic. I pivoted, thought I could maybe put my like toe on it to slightly pivot. And the next thing I know I went through backwards. Hit um t- uh plastic bins and concrete oh in the the garage floor oh you went and, right through yeah i went through i apparently i hit the garage uh the garage door itself i apparently went through the ceiling hit the garage door and then hit plastic bings and concrete wow so i busted the door i i hit the floor and then i apparently popped up and went i'm okay i'm walking Jack had to sit me down going, no, we need to check if you broke anything. I'm like, I'm okay. Wait, was this on the show? No, no. This was oh. like long afterwards, but it was one of those moments where it's like, I think the next day I looked up, I'm like, wow, I made such a small hole. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently I just kind of folded up and went like back first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was hurting afterwards. Like I felt it afterwards, but apparently oh. my initial reaction was jump up because I don't want. I want to make sure I'm okay. Oh my god, I'm getting hot and now. I'm hiccuping. Adrenaline is going. Hilarious. Where were your shields then, huh? I. Well, apparently they were working because if you just kind of hopped up and you're like, "Yeah, I'm fine," you know, whatever. Like, when don't I fall through ceilings? I'll walk it off. I'll be fine. Why well, I once looked at me like, 
the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I better not hiccup throughout the rest of this episode. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, uh, what about if you, that Bob? To me, I'd still be laying there. Yeah, right, right. Like, but that was five I, I years ago. But that was five that, years but... ago. But like, yeah, I'd still be lying there. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Bob? What's your uh, pre-investigation magic like? I go in completely open. I don't, I don't put any protection up, just because I don't want to chase anything off. I want to attract mm. anything and everything to me, and then I'll deal with it once that situation arises um i do do a terror reading before every every uh investigation just to get a a feel for the location and see what what kind of insights i can get from that um did he free oh, i thought he was he deep froze. he froze i thought he was deep in thought there for a second Oh wait, is he back? Did I freeze? Yeah, you you froze you, there. You froze. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was. Uh, what I was saying was that um, you know I, I carry with me a bunch of trinkets that are all charged with different energies and different types of protection. And depending on what situation I'm in, I might like you know wear them or bring them out and use them. But uh, yeah, so when I'm on an investigation, I try to be you know just. An open book you know so um mm. i like to use uh you know i do summoning magic when you know in, in certain situations but it's i guess it comes down to every investigation is different right so uh, you know then that's I, I that's what we're getting from everybody here is that you know it's just whenever you're in, in that situation you have to assess it yeah that's that's kind of you do you're you're reading the room and uh yeah. bringing out the weapons that you need yeah mm-hmm. so what kind of <coughs> excuse me <coughs> what kind of uh summoning magic um have you done uh during a paranormal investigation well okay so like just as an example there's a an odd odd fellows lodge that i go to quite frequently and i have i have a circle inscribed there at all times, you know, that I go in and I, uh, and I charge as soon as I come in, I put up, uh, candles at the quarters and I, I charge that energy. And then I, <clears throat> I just reach out and try, try to pull, there's a very negative spirit there. And mm-hmm. so we kind of combat that thing quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we've not been able to not been able to get rid of him. Um, he's heavily entrenched in the place, and most of the spirits there are f- either incomplete. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Lux Files. I'm not just the host of this podcast, I'm also the owner of Lalo Gonzalez. I make beeswax and scented spell candles loose stick and liquid incense anointing rolls and bath salts so once you're done listening to this episode why don't you head on over to my website at www.leilokanzawan.com and check out my products for your convenience the link to the website is also in the show notes oh no oh 
froze again. He's frozen like like in the like, internet. This like yeah. magician's pose. Okay, you froze right. Yeah, you froze. <laughs> you, you froze. Um, the other the other um, uh, spirits are either afraid. It sounded like, and then you froze. Right. Or or being are being used as batteries for mm. the thing. Oh, it, okay. It their energy. So. Um, See, that's sexy to me. That's what what my stories are about. Like, I I love this. I love listening to this. See, that's that's why you need to come and stay for the weekend yeah, uh, at the you place. Know, yeah, well, you're the, all welcome. I mean, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, like even if the the border between Canada and the U.S. opened up earlier, I still wouldn't have come this year. Um, just because you know, COVID's still dicey. But yeah, um, I. Next year, it's got to be. We got to yeah. be in in such a better place next year. I'm sure it'll be fine next year. And you're only you we, we can only fingers. Yeah, and, and you're Lots only yeah, you're only a 13 hour dri- drive away from me. Like that's such an easy, relaxing drive. So and Michelle and I are only three and a half, four hours apart. Yeah. Where are you at, Elvie? I'm in Central PA. Oh, okay. You're not far away either. No, You're probably yeah, no. maybe eight no, hours could, away. Like, hop to my place. We mm. could buddy up, hop to your place. And oh, I want yeah. to go to that Odd Fellows Hall just because I feel like I know it so well, just because of your writing and you know, I mean, like you've also talked about it quite a bit, but just like with your writing, um, I just feel like I know the place. Mm. So well, yeah, there's a- I want to get in there. You could each have your own bedroom. Yes. Uh, it's set up sort of like a hotel. So, um. see, oh, those so, are places I like. So, we're like, going to sleep in a haunted location. Yes. Even better. Oh, yeah. Even uh, better. Oh, no. It's, yeah. It's, we've got, we've got a kitchen. We've got, uh, three floors of fun and games. You know, it's a, awesome. it's a great, it's a, a great place. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, those I are those that. are what I like with investigation. Like I, I'm always bummed when you only have like a weekend. I like the mm-hmm. places where you can return again, again to get a better connection, a better feel of the place, and really like right. almost get to know what is there and everything. Because one weekend is never enough of figuring out what's going on and everything. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. I've I've been investigating this location since 2006. Oh, you know, wow. virtually every weekend. Mm. I've spent there unless I'm investigating somewhere else I'm there um it was really interesting how I got how I got called into the place and uh my father he was uh there's like a it's like a woodcarver's club that bought the building and they have visiting uh teachers that give seminars Mm -hmm. and a couple was spending the night there and it was like a Sunday morning, like 6 a.m. And my father calls me up and he says, you need to meet me down at the building. And I thought somebody had broke in or something like that. But I, when I get there, those people had had, you know, an experience. Um, mm-hmm. They had heard footsteps on the third floor coming down the stairs. And then the doorknob just started jiggling and something was trying to get into their room. And they were in the building all by themselves. Uh, so of course they, they opened the door, no, nothing's there. And so 
my father said, hey, would you bring your group in and investigate this place? And uh, all these years later, I'm still there investigating. That's awesome. Uh, cool. We've been able to sneak some spirits out, you know, and, and mm-hmm. get them to move on. And others have showed up, you know, new ones. I mean, it's uh, there's definitely a vortex there, uh, definitely a, a, a portal that, you know, and there's that one spirit that I think is bringing them in and using mm-hmm. them as batteries, as I say. It's, mm-hmm. it's the kind of you, you, you would you would love to visit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's certainly tested all my skills all these years. So. Yeah, I love it though. Like these these people have an experience, and your dad's like, "Oh, my son's a weirdo. Let's call him." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, my my dad got me involved in all that stuff. So uh, even yeah. though he was a Christian, but uh, but he loved he loved the spooky. When I was a little boy, he used to take me out to this place called the Murder House, and. Uh, uh, to where it was where a, a man had killed his wife and, and children, uh, buried him in the house, and then he hung himself from the banister. And he took me out there every Halloween, um, and we go we go ghost hunting, you know. So I was doing this when I was five years old. You know? So yeah, don't was, have a picture of you there as like a teenager or something. Yeah, yeah, I was like okay. uh, nineteen in that picture. Yeah, yeah, because and, and that house, and, is- but it was. When I was a little kid, it was a it was a full house, you know. That was just, you know, where it, it had finally collapsed and it's right. gone right. now. Yeah. So. so basically, every small town in America has a house called the Murder House. Because I was just reading a uh, a, a tweet thread from uh, Greg Newker about when he was a teenager and his uh, he, he was in Pennsylvania, I think mm. he grew up. And there was the murder house near him. And he just told a story about uh, him and his friends investigating one night. And it they accidentally stumbled on a meth lab. And which is crazy. That could have MPA. Yeah. Which, oh, <laughs> and then the house blew up. Not with them in it. Oh, no. But like a week later, a couple weeks later, like the meth lab blew up. So the house blew up. Um, but, okay, first of all, I <laughs> do not want to stumble onto a meth lab because i mean i'm too cute to die um (laughs) but the creepiest thing and he doesn't explain how they they did this but the creepiest thing about that is the the people in the meth lab heard them coming and freaked out probably thinking it was the authorities and they were hiding in the walls and they could hear them whispering in the walls and that's creepy even though knowing it's people that's, wow. that's that's soldiers fucking creepy like i i don't want to hear living people in walls whispering <laughs> i'm sorry I, that, that's so, a Stephen so king watch oh, right there. <laughs> i've watched television <laughs> I, I watch i watch american news i know what goes on down there mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know it's funny you know everybody always wants to have that that ghostly experience Mm. until you know until they do right right and and then you know most people it's just it's too much for them uh i was giving a a a ghost tour once and these were a mixture of adults and children and i'm I'm taking them through the place and i'm I'm standing in the doorway and, and i'm saying to them you know sometimes if you're very very quiet you'll hear whispers 
you'll hear people trying to communicate with you. So if we can all just be really quiet and right then, just behind me, something growled so ominously. <laughs> everybody, you know, and it's like, but the whole time coming up the stairs of the place, they're like, oh, this is great. We're going to see a ghost. We're going to hear, you know, and then as soon as that happened, it's like, oh, they were running and screaming and uh, no more of it. So uh, everything's yeah. good until someone gets tapped on the short shoulder and then they right. freak out. <laughs> right. That's funny. I love it. I love it. I've never. I've, obsessed. Yeah, I, I, I've never experienced anything. Well, like I said, because I, I, I've never done a paranormal investigation. I've never even been on like a like a tour type thing. You know what I mean? So. And I don't think I would go, uh, well, maybe I would. I think I would, I would want my first experience like that to be like, like more of a genuine investigation mm -hmm. than, than, you know, more of like an ent entertainment sort of tour thing. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, uh, you guys better uh, get your butts in here with your vaccinations because next year I want to go to Indiana. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Indiana's a little behind the curve on that, unfortunately. No kidding. Really, yeah. really, Indiana of all places. Really, I know. Yeah. It look. I when I'm driving around, we we went out to uh, visit Seven Pillars, which is this uh, sacred Miami Indian location, uh, not too far from where we live. Uh, we went out for a hike, but as we're driving out there, I'm passing. I'm still passing houses with. Uh, women for trump signs and trump 2024 and people flying confederate flags from their you know it's like that's that's my state yeah <laughs> i mean i love it here I yeah. never, i'll never move but man i love yeah. the land i question the people <laughs> yep that's a, rough yeah you, ohio's not much different are they yeah mm. not much I mean, Oberlin, where Inspiration House is, is this this tiny little oasis of just very like free, loving, uh, progressive thought. Like not a normal hair color among most of the pedestrians ever. They fly. It's up. a tiny hippie town. It's a very yeah, tiny hippie town. Oh, that's cool. It was a hippie town before they were hippies. Like they yeah. found it as like this abolitionist stronghold in like 1833. Uh, so so it's always been a radical town, but it's mm. it is. A tiny little island among a lot of very aggressive red. Oh yeah, that's funny. No, I mean, I, lived, I, I lived in guns and corn. I lived in Texas for years, um, so yeah. So you know, I, I loved it though. I'd, I'd move back there in a second, like without thought. I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm gone. Bye. I'm heading back to Texas." Not right now because. Of <laughs> COVID yeah. and, and the <laughs> Texas legislature just decided that federal laws don't apply in Texas. So gay marriage doesn't uh, uh, exist in Texas anymore. And yeah. and yeah, and their abortion ban. So, I mean, they've got their issues. So they need they need to, you know, clean up their acts a little bit or else they don't get me back. So I know Greg Abbott <laughs> listens to this podcast. It's his mm. favorite podcast. So smarten up. Or else I'm not coming back. Simple as that. So, so yeah. 
But yeah, Greg Abbott listens, you know, Governor Greg Abbott definitely listens to the Lux Files. Um, I believe the Queen of England does as well. So I gave her a shout out the other day. So yeah, these are the things that exist in my head. By the way. <laughs> so yeah. Um, okay, so, okay. So at the beginning of the episode, when I'm like, oh, I exaggerate, you know, what goes on during paranormal investigations, you know, to make it, you know, really crazy sounding for my stories. And mm. you guys were like, no, that's normal. So um, I, I want to talk about that. Like, I, I, yeah, fill me in in some like juicy, fun magic during, during an investigation. Like, give me the good stuff. Oh, so any any magical battles with demons? How about okay. that? <laughs> let, let, let's let's go full uh, full ghost bro for a second. Um, dude bro, dude bro, or ghost bro, whatever you know they're called. Um, everything's a demon. So, any magical battles with demons? It wasn't a demon. Um, it was probably a meth addict who committed suicide or was murdered by her boyfriend. Okay. Uh, and- herself to a little three and a half year old and came back to Ohio with them uh, and uh, I was contacted by a pagan high priestess that I work with and actually Wiccan specifically Wiccan high priestess because she felt it was a little bit above her ability level and she wanted uh, lately she, she, she wanted she did not want to deal with it solo um, and she definitely wanted a second opinion because they weren't sure if it was demonic or not because it yeah. did seem to be trying to possess the child Um, And this was the instance where uh, my cohort of spirit companions came in really, really handy because we, uh, we 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 detached it, like we assessed the situation. This thing was absolutely like trying to like attach itself to the girl, feeding off of her, like not just trying to like hang around and be the invisible friend, but this spirit was like, this kid's got it good. This Mm. kid has got life that I didn't have. I want to be the little girl. Right. And was doing it, her honest best to like to like crawl into this little kid's skin. Um, one weird note was the child was sleeping when we arrived. Um, never woke up through the entire thing. Was just had been so exhausted by what was going on. Like that was sleeping for very long periods of time was starting to become a thing. Uh, so we we you know snipped it off and uh, I, I kicked it out of the house. And the Wiccan priestess is, you know, busy setting up wards and everything. But then it was just like banging against the windows and stuff like a moth trying mm-hmm. to get back and like frantically. And I'm like, am I seeing that? And the, the Wiccan high priestess is like, what? What is that? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not going to go away. She's hang on. Um, and I didn't want to do the nuclear option. I don't normally like to do the mm-hmm. nuclear option. But when kids are involved and, and when like vulnerable people are involved, I get a very different set of ethics mm-hmm. come for for me um and i will protect the the child and the innocent so i nicely ask the wiccan high priestess because she's um much less non-violent than i am right. uh, and i ask her to like hold hold the fort and you know continue to do like the the boundaries and everything and watch the kid and i was going to go outside of the house and she's like what are you going to do and i'm like just don't worry about it i'll I'll take care of it. The less you so, know, the better. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, I went out and I, I, I grabbed the thing with a spirit nail um, and, and I nailed her down for a second and I held her and I, I had a heart to heart. I'm like, okay, bitch, you have, you've got, 
I, I don't care where you go. You just need to not be here and you need to stop doing shit like that. Like go live your best life, but not trying to be somebody's poor four-year-old. This kid does not need your shit. Like go work on your shit. Um, and she's still arguing like, like just, just not, not being reasonable. So I'm like, I am going to give you like one more chance, like just step off. And again, still just a, a lot of like, just screaming and yelling and carrying on. And I'm like, all right, well, you get a head start. Meet my family. They're hungry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I right. Hear it nail out. Let her let her go. And then I was like, free yeah, that go do whatever you want to do. Yeah. She run her off. And I went in, and the Wicked High Priestess is just pale. She's like, <laughs> why do I hear screaming? And I'm like, it'll be over soon. It's fine. Wow. Yeah. And that is probably my most like badass with a witness story. <laughs> oh, that's going in one of my stories. Like I <laughs> I can work that. I can definitely work that. I like that a lot. That's, so, so, you know, like, that's, that's that's scary. Um, you know, especially like when it involves uh kids, you mm -hmm. know. I, yeah. Well, usually when people are like, I think my daughter's possessed, I'm like, oh, have you watched too many movies, though? And, mm. and going in assessing, like, like a lot of that was just assessing the house, the family, the kid, like what's actually going on here uh, and, and hearing the backstory. And I probably would have been like, eh, I doubt this is really the thing, except I'd worked with that, that priestess before she's, uh, like we were pretty close. We'd, we'd done different things. We'd done ritual together. So at the point where she's like, no, I really think something's going on here. Yeah. Uh, I was like, all right, I'll drive down to Columbus and we can, we can see what happens. Yeah. And, then, and then it took the nuclear option. Uh, see, I mean, for, for the spirits eat energy, like they need energy. Mm -hmm. Like, like yeah. you give them offerings, you, you, you do things or they can chew on one another as the Bob has already observed. Yeah, so <laughs> in your... Okay, well, first of all, I'm going to have this first thought, then I'm going to ask you a question. So if mm -hmm. I was like a paranormal investigator or, or anything like that, and I had people like, oh, I think my kid's possessed or, or whatever, I don't like, well, I mean, I don't want to see kids hurt, but also at the same time, I don't like children. So I'd like, <laughs> no, your child isn't possessed. That's the way it is. <laughs> because it's a horrible little human being and it also stinks. Um, so your options are deal with it because you made it or sell it. I mean, you know, it's, it's a commodity, <laughs> um, but don't call back. Uh, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm not kidding, actually. Well, it's, it's also like part of that is knowing like be the right tool for the job yeah. or have a good network of people you can refer folks to. Yeah, yeah. Um, like there's there's a lot of this family was open to our very unorthodox methods but if they were say like a catholic or a super christian family a very different team would have worked for that mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, being making sure that the family is not only comfortable with what's happening but that they can resonate with it that it speaks some of their language is really important because once you're not there they need to be the ones with the boundaries holding right. the space <clears throat> healing and recovering from it yeah. so there, there's a lot that goes into it 
um, as much as it's also like, you know, a badass story of like, I just sicked a whole bunch of very angry dead Caprians at this person. Right. Now in your sort of, I don't want to say belief system, because I, I don't use that term, you know, for myself, but your understanding of, of how you conceive of the cosmos how do you see ghosts of dead people because I'm, I'm asking this because I'm curious to know what you think happened to that woman's ghost because like I I don't I don't believe that the ghost ghosts are um um like the full like mm. of a person you know what I mean so I wouldn't think like eating a ghost would mean you know the person's spirit is completely gone or their soul like they're annihilated or anything oh like I see what oh, you're yeah. talking about yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like the very layers it's sort of like sort of like a, a like um you know, like like the higher self. It's it's mm. a ghost isn't the higher self of the person. It's it's a sort of shell. Like mm-hmm. here's the physical shell. That's you know the ghost would be like um like a, a denser shell, but not as dense as the physical shell. But it's not, you know, like when I die, if I leave a ghost, that ghost isn't isn't uh 100% my spirit it's it's still me in in a sense but it's it's like a shell i've cast off this physical shell i've cast off that shell and i've i've gone even you know energetically even right. higher yeah so I understand what you're talking about. yeah so what do you believe a, a mm. ghost of of a previously living person is and what do you believe happened to that woman's ghost when she was eaten by those spirits mostly just chewed on because i don't believe that anything can be utterly destroyed mm, okay um, so there's uh the, the shell theory is is a little bit different um from from my perspective but uh you know i i viewed that as a a discrete entity uh, a sentient entity and this was the sort of like the subtle body of her with uh, you know, Tibetan Buddhism. It's, it's, it's the bindu, the drop, this sort of formless eternal thing that is actually the being. And so I guess similar, similar concept, different language. Mm. <clears throat> so that the energy of that being can be uh, damaged, can be harmed, can be fed upon. Um, but it's not like it ends that being. Okay. Uh, it can cause them a lot of inconvenience and put them in a point, uh, a state where they need to like retreat and sit in a corner and think about what they did. <clears throat> but uh, it's been my experience that even when, even those people who are a hundred percent convinced that they have destroyed something, that they've bound something, that nothing is forever Mm -hmm. it might be effectively forever like you know a couple hundred years couple thousand years it seems Mm -hmm. like forever it seems like it went away it's gonna heal it's gonna come back right okay yeah yeah Mm -hmm. 
and I I think also I mean we've tried to figure out like you usually hear talk about ghosts and spirits you hear about residuals you hear about intelligent hauntings and it's still we're still trying to figure out the classification trying to figure out what we're actually interacting with Mm -hmm. and sometimes I think I agree similar to possibly a lot of things we're interacting in these places might might be sentient to a point but might not necessarily be the soul of the person, but might be that intense emotional moment of either death or their interaction in the space. That's why I sometimes think when we're interacting with these spirits that they have such strong love, hate, anger, because it's just that emotional moment of that energy within them. And then might be why sometimes difficult to get through them because that is all they're seeing. They're literally just seeing red. Right. And you can't really like convince them otherwise because that's in their entire being at that moment. Right. So right, right. Yeah. Yeah. They all need all of them need some sort of like paranormal therapy of some nature. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hmm. I mean, I've, I've worked with some some vampiric folks who are like, oh, I just eat the ghosts and then they're gone. I'm like. Well, it's not like you've devoured a soul exactly yeah. enough of the energy that whatever that was just fucked off to go sort its shit out. Mm. Uh, and you you have not like negated, like I do not think that we, I, I think it is presumptuous for us to assume that we have the power, ability and right to end something completely. Right. Um, mm. <laughs> And also to forcibly eject it from this reality. Like there's a lot of things that we can do, but there are limits. Uh, and when we think we've exceeded those limits, I think we most mostly need to check our hubris. Uh, mm-hmm. So 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 that story, like the what what happened with the screaming and everything, is there was a rumble, and she got the snot kicked out of her, mm-hmm. and eventually went off and and you know sorted herself out and like i said had to probably sit in a corner for a while and think about what she did right yeah. right, right. <clears throat> okay elfie what about you make it dramatic <laughs> uh let's see Try to think. well there was a one case we did it was it was before show and everything and um we've been working on this case for a while for a couple months and it had gone pretty dark and everything. And we had just finished up the investigation part. We were actually staying at the house. Like this, what we used to do a lot, we would actually stay over at the house and everything to try to in, um, embed ourselves in the place, try to really experience it and everything. And really also experience the clients there too, because at first it's always very intense. Like all this stuff's happening, we're interviewing, but as the night goes on, usually they relax mm-hmm. and you get more information from them. You get more information about their lives and who they are. And sometimes that actually helps figure out what's going on with a place right. when they are relaxed and not really on guard anymore because they've been around you for a few hours. So a lot of the activity had been going on. Uh, some of the activity we were doing in the basement, of course, it's always, <laughs> always the basement. Why not? um well at least you can't fall through the basement floor so yeah got that going for you <laughs> um so everyone had gone to bed and i'd actually stayed up and everything and i was in the kitchen area where we had actually it was interesting we were had some activity where we were 
got some knocking stuff and we got some like responses where we'd ask questions and would knock and we were like cool we're actually getting like in-person responses and everything and we were testing out making sure like no one was knocking our table or anything so i was saying that the said kitchen table where we had been getting responses a few hours earlier and i was i think i was taking notes or something i think i was writing down my thoughts and i had my back to the basement door and the door was open i'm sitting there just doing my thing and i hear clarice day something go nothing i'm like i actually stopped writing i'm just i stand up i look at the basement door I'm like oh hell no <laughs> like and it was weird it was like one of the first times i would say that i actually got this intense feeling of like something like at the basement door edge like hey come on down I'm like yeah no i'm good i'm good thanks I think I end up going upstairs to to like Wait, Brian or something go going like like you huh? literally didn't go in the basement after that. No. Oh hell no. Really? No, there was something sitting at the bottom of the basement steps. I could just feel it. I'm like, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> oh, I would up by myself. I would have been like, yeah, it's me. Okay, I'll follow you down. Oh. Like, you know. Yeah, it, it was one of those moments where, like, I I know I have an unusual name, so it's one of those like I wasn't like mistaken when something in my ear go healthy. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. And I'm I and we had just done the investigation, and I I was pretty chill, so I'm like, I'm going upstairs. And I'm going to go get someone. <laughs> I'm not going to be that person in a horror movie where like I'll be right back <laughs> and go into the darkness. I know better at least. Elfie, the final girl. <laughs> <laughs> I know better. Like, <laughs> I've watched the horror movies. You don't go into the place that just called your name. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna die on my first paranormal investigation. <laughs> I mean, I I think I now probably go towards this place, but at that time I was like maybe not. Because it was the weirdest thing. Like I actually had this intense feeling of like something sitting at the bottom of the basement. I'm like, uh, no, thank you. And then I went upstairs, grabbed one of the investigators. I think we like, I don't think we actually checked it out. I don't remember checking it out. I think it was more like, okay. And then we went back to sleep because <laughs> we were so exhausted. <laughs> like, I think I want to say we actually took a quick look. <laughs> or you guys did go down. <laughs> To investigate and you don't remember because something really bad happened had a Blair and, Witch moment <laughs> yeah and 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 the spirit had control of you and shit went down and just wiped your memory I can believe it <laughs> I'm going with that story that was that was an intense uh, case legit. all the way around yeah yeah my story obviously makes more sense than going upstairs and going to bed after that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you've been a ghost hunter for a long time doing paranormal investigation when you're just like, something's at the bottom of the basement stairs going, Elfie, Elfie. <laughs> and you're like, oh no, no, I'm going to bed. <laughs> no. Tomorrow. I'll deal, I'll deal with you with daylight. No. Yeah. <laughs> With your shit tomorrow. Like, yeah, I'm over this. I'm going to bed. I'm tired. Yeah, I love it. Oh, 
Oh, I just wish audio recording had been going on at that point. I that uh, would have been so cool. <laughs> what about what about um any sort of um like uh magic that you've done during a paranormal investigation? Uh let's see. Let's see. Actually it was interesting uh, with um Resident Undead. I remember going mm-hmm. on to the case with them and everything, and it was at a hospital and whatnot, and they Jax and I were working together and we decided to do the LBRP there and everything. We did twice actually. And it was interesting was that we did uh, the ritual and apparently we kind of calmed everything down a little too much. <laughs> mm. Like we didn't, we didn't clear the space, but yeah. we apparently calmed the energy down a little bit too much. <laughs> And there was one point where I went up to the third level and we're like walking around like, okay, let's do it here. And I'm doing my my thing and whatnot. And apparently one of the camera crew walks by and just like stops midpoint like, oh, she's doing something. And apparently got a little freaked out because my intone, like hearing my intoning, it was like, what's going on here <laughs> as i'm just intoning in the dark <laughs> i love it i'm not in kansas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> have okay so you know doing an lbrp it makes sense that you're going mm-hmm. to calm down the energies yeah. in that space a little bit um so you know have you ever done you know, like uh, um, invoking pentagram ritual to let's liven this place up. Like this is boring. Let's let's get some action going. I'm trying to think if I have. I want to say I've done like basic energy work to to lift the space. But what's interesting is I did the the one ritual where we had done the LBW and then we did a basic corner casting circle to raise the energy back up to try to kind of like get everything's attention and then i had at that point like a like a prop skull mm-hmm. to kind of stand in for a real skull and everything to kind of see if i could entice whatever's there to like come forward or try to almost do a uh spirit communication with it and everything it was more like we're, we're just going to experiment here yeah with that which was interesting and earlier that day we'd actually done another thing where in next to the hospital was a cemetery and we actually did we left um food offerings there to try to kind of like feed the spirits and try to show them like hey we're not here to just take everything we want to actually connect with you and make a connection and everything that's always one thing i feel bad it's like i feel like we're just here taking all this evidence and taking 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 where Mm -hmm. we're not giving back to them showing that there should be some mutual connection so earlier we did a um food offering and then we did the ritual and everything and we did get some stuff like on the perimeter like stuff was definitely curious i feel like if we had a few more hours there it would definitely would have livened up a bit more right i think that's always the problem is like it's especially if you're filming it's always such a time crunch like you don't have the hours you want like t- like tells me i would want like several hours to really build that energy up build up the space really bring it up to get stuff because 
but unfortunately it's like it's only you only get an hour two hours max and it's like it has to really pop off fast it's like well we might get something we'll yeah, see yeah, yeah. Yeah. to build a relationship with the space to like get mm-hmm. familiar let it get familiar with you like it it takes a lot more time than especially filming really allows for oh yeah mm-hmm. i mean that's why i really like the idea of like going being able to go to a place multiple times because then you build up that rapport because honestly for me it's like me becoming comfortable with the space and them becoming comfortable with us because it's not like they can just they're like yeah we're going to totally come out and like communicate with you most of their time has probably spent like what are you doing here and who are you yeah 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 yeah. and i mean i guess too there's a possibility for locations that have um Oh, like so many different groups going in mm-hmm. doing paranormal investigations. I would imagine that there can be spirits that are like, oh God, <laughs> another group, really? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. 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 10,000 times. How did yeah. you die? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, these assholes again. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> if, if you're there for hours and hours mm-hmm. and hours and, and, and days and, and they could be like, oh, these people are kind of, you know, cool. Yeah. They're okay. You know, as opposed to being there for like two hours, like yelling, like, show yourselves. How well, most of the time is you, could you knock again? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> most of the time for me personally, most of the time when I ever got, activity or things seem to happen it was when we weren't actively investigating we would be like sitting around talking having i don't know coffee or lunch or just like Mm -hmm. in between times Mm -hmm. that's when stuff actually seemed to kick up or like we would be walking around the places checking out the scenery or environment and things would actually happen like when we were most relaxed and not actively trying to i don't know poke them at with a stick essentially Well, I know what I'm like as a person, you know, like personality wise. Mm. So if I, if my ghost was the same way, like there would be no way in hell I would actually respond the way you're telling me to or asking me to. Um, I'd be like, bitch, please. Um, (laughs) Oh, can I get EVP of that, please? That happens too, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, a whole lot of like, you came into my house and now you're asking mm. me to like dance like a monkey? Fuck you. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I could see myself like you're just, you know, kind of zoned out having a little bit to eat. I'm like, oh, I'm going to play now because mm. they're not expecting it. Because I know the type of person that I am. Um, oh, that you know. and almost like you're, you're doing the day-to-day stuff. Like we'd be in the kitchen mm. making lunch. Yeah. Or we would be cleaning up things and it's just your day-to-day normal stuff. And it makes sense because most of the time when you hear people talk about the activity they experience in their house or in a place is they weren't looking for ghosts. They were yeah. just washing dishes or cleaning or doing something nonchalant. Yeah. And yeah. then something just flew by and they're like, yeah. what was that? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it would be more fun for me as a ghost mm-hmm. to do something when you're not expecting it because you're going to jump and I'd be like, ha ha, you know? Um, and as opposed to you like sitting there being like, knock twice for yes. But like, bitch, I'm going to knock you out. How about that? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a dancing monkey. 
Um, but yeah, if or, I can- Or like, like a Ouija board where the complaint that we get over here is like, that, that it's as tedious as texting on an old flip phone. Oh like, God. Yeah. <laughs> why, why? I, you can hear me, right? Yeah. 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 So, so, so why? And I'm like, they can't? Like, could we? No. Okay. Sorry. They need a visual. <laughs> yeah. They need a visual thing. I can, I can hear you just fine. Well, then why don't we just talk? <laughs> we'll just do the Stranger Things Christmas lights and we'll do <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. Okay, Bob. You know, uh, sometimes the spirits don't, uh, don't even know that you're there. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. One time, I remember uh, uh, one of my one of my crew and I were sitting uh, quiet in a room, um, and we hear footsteps uh, uh, up on the stage near us. And you know, we hear it moving across, and then it's moving across the floor right towards us. Mm. And then all of a sudden, you hear a gasp and a stomp on the floor. And it moves away really fast. It oh, didn't know so we cool. were there. Mm. And then all of a sudden, it was scared by us. <laughs> you know, and it was like, you know, how great was that? You know? Yeah. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like half the time when you hear people experience activity or when they see activity, the spirit seems to be going about its day-to-day -day life. Like it's going mm -hmm. through a door or upstairs or dealing with the kitchen or something normal nonchalant mm -hmm. so it's just going through its pattern yeah and, yeah, and you just apparently run into it <laughs> the aggressive ones are the anomalies like most mm -hmm. things if if it's if it is sentient if like there's enough of a that the person's still there they're just people like mm -hmm. literally just people even the non-human yeah, ones. there's it, it's very rare for something to be like like the the, the addict who had either been murdered or committed suicide and just had a boatload of issues she had no desire to fix. Mm -hmm. uh, probably would have been that type of person in life. She was certainly that type of person in death and I was just done. Yeah, So no, I agree. So Michelle, are you saying that not every building and house has a demon in it ready to attack a dude bro with a camera? Lies. <laughs> I don't believe you, Michelle. I really think if I were a demon, I would have an awful lot more things to do that were more interesting to me than just goosing guys in tight black t-shirts. Right, right. Yeah. I, I think there's, there's the, the panel shows have been around long enough. I feel like half the time it's like, if there's something there, it's just messing with people at this point. It's like, oh, these guys are here. Cool. Let's do this mess with them let's fuck with them now like i, I think they did mess with halftime i would because i mean i'm i'm a dick like as a person <laughs> i'm a dick so why would i be any different dead of course nah, I'm gonna with that them. does not enlighten you much more <laughs> magically i don't think we can rule out the possibility that some people have intentionally or otherwise created their own constructs mm -hmm. so that like they they wanted to be buggered by a demon so much that now they basically have like this little like you know balloon bopping around after them that yeah. will certainly like act that way but it's mm. it's just uh work like it's energy that they've shaped yeah yeah absolutely i can see that especially absolutely. with people claiming attachments and things following them home it's like 
I can see because if it happens so often and it's like, well, have you just focused so much energy, like you said, making that attachment or making something you wanted to follow you home or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. Did you expect something to follow you home? Like yeah. in the back of your mind without even realizing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they want their homes to be haunted. They want to feel special. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that you run into. Well, you know, you do see plenty of that um on uh the shows that go into people's houses. Like they're they're meant to, you know, to help people with their, their hauntings. Um, not like you know, like going into like abandoned prisons or anything like mm-hmm. that. And you see some of the people sometimes being like, Well, I I like having the ghosts. So mm-hmm. you know, it's like oh, okay, why am I here then? You know, like... Yeah, it's usually they want, like, validation that something is actually there. And a lot of times when we dealt with clients, too, it's a lot of more human undercurrents going on, a lot of more things going on in the household that start bubbling up and everything. And whatever's going in the house might be very minuscule compared to what the clients themselves are going through themselves mm-hmm. and they would rather it be some sort of external supernatural mm. problem than something that they might have to work on or or work towards fixing and everything yeah yeah but you know but that also so there's the question so you have some sort of personal issue psychological issue um relationship emotion you know there's there's something you know, less than ideal going on in your home mm-hmm. that sort of creates this haunting experience. So at what point, like, is it not paranormal? Because if you've created a thought form, um, you know, and, and you know, we speak of, of thought forms and egregores, um, as magic because we we talk about these things um in the world of magic so okay fine it's not a demon it's not some sort of land spirit it's not a ghost of someone who was once alive but it's an it's an energetic being it may not have Mm -hmm. its own um conscience um it, it may still be so tied to the creator that it's not acting on its own but it's a thought form. It's an egregore. So that's still your domain as a paranormal investigator. No, mm-hmm. right? Still- yeah, it's, that's no less real. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's still paranormal, but the problem at that point is it doesn't matter how many times a paranormal investigator or clergy person or whatever comes in mm-hmm. and clears that out. If the core source of it is the person. The person has to work on their shit mm-hmm. and fix whatever initial internal thing brought that mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Uh, so you've got it, it's a symptom of uh, a, another problem. So right. yeah, you can go in, and, and I, it's one of the reasons why, like, I, I just I stopped doing exorcisms for almost everybody because most of the time it was like, this isn't a demon, this is you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't. Mm-hmm. That there aren't paranormal things. I'm not saying that it's all in your head. I'm saying that the trauma that you are carrying is being projected into what you are experiencing. And until you deal with that trauma, you are going to continue to unconsciously create the situation 
um, and make everything worse for yourself. So you've, you've got to deal with the paranormal stuff and like protect the people around you from this, this, you know, sort of like just explosive thing that's happening, but also more than that, deal with what is wrong. Like solve your problems, do the shadow work, do heal. Mm-hmm. Get some yeah. boundaries, dang it. Yeah. <clears throat> there, there's a reason why so many, so much occult detective fiction the occult detectives are psychiatrists. You know, yeah. ever mm-hmm. noticed that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. why. Because when you're when you're out there and, and you're in the field, these are the things that you run into so often. So when when these occultists write these stories, you know, uh, you know, like Dion Fortune or Aleister Crowley or uh, Algernon Blackwood, they're writing from that experience, and so they make their occult detectives psychiatrists psychiatrists because you know it's it's just so prevalent mm-hmm. my background serves me well in this field oh right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and the thing the problem sometimes happens is when one trying to explain to them the possibility that it is a manifestation that they created that becomes difficult to explain it takes oh, quite some time <laughs> But well, then also, also they're used to being shut down and being told that they're crazy and they, they that's what they hear when you yeah. say sorry, and, didn't mean to pick off. Yeah, and that's always the tricky part because like we would when we interview people, we would ask them, have they um do they take any medications? Have they been to and, and they automatically they're they automatically think, Oh, you think I'm crazy? It's like, no, we don't think you're crazy. We need to know if there's been any therapy already, if there's been any medications that could be interfering all the all these this process but we don't think you're crazy we just need to know this information because this could be something that could work to help you with this but it's always that push pull with them because they would rather have it be external than something they must work internally right to work on and so it's trying to find that sometimes Mm -hmm. those drugs actually make them more open to you know activities so yeah mm. I, I always try to explain that to them that look it's it's not that you're crazy it's that you're taking these these drugs and therefore you're more open to what might be happening so making you more you know susceptible to uh, outside influences yeah 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 i'm going to have to go fairly soon but i want to hear bob's story before mm. i do see i was going to say tell something very innocuous, right? You know, since you guys had such dramatic stories, but uh, okay, so, all right, I'll go really quick. Um, but it's it's two stories that run parallel. Um, I was brought in uh, by the local DNRs to investigate some uh, sort of s- satanic activity in what they termed a satanic activity. And they wanted me to verify what was going on. And of course, most of it's that self-styled, heavy metal, you know, pentagram mm-hmm. type stuff. But I was brought into a house uh, on one occasion that had a very intricate Salamic magic circle inscribed on the floor with the spent candles. And there was a Nokian signals all over the walls i mean somebody Mm -hmm. knew what they were doing here and i could really feel the energy as soon as i came in and it was very dark 
Oh. Um, they've obviously been tapping into something they shouldn't have been. So mm -hmm. I cleansed to that area. And that made somebody very unhappy. And I started experiencing uh, a lot of negativity in my life at the time. Whenever I'd meditate, I'd feel uh, like I was being attacked. I could feel that, that they were actively coming after me. The parallel part of the story is a friend of mine used to visit uh, a man who ran a witchcraft museum in nearby Galveston name was Lawrence Lawrence. He was kind of pseudo-famous in circles. Uh, he had some actual Aleister Crowley artifacts and Ooh. he had sold my friend a vial of uh, abermelon oil. And my, my friend, he, he died uh, in a tragic car accident and his mother gave me that vial. Um, and I took that vial and I went to his grave. I dug a hole. I buried it with him because I thought it should be with him. But anyway, so bringing back to the main story, as I was being attacked by these energies, I was sitting with friends and I was explaining this to them when all of a sudden I felt something drop on my forehead. And kind of wipe it away and hmm. it drops in and then it starts running down my nose and down my cheek and it was that oil oh no dropping from the sky manifesting above him my friend i believe was anointing me from beyond protecting me from this this activity shortly after that the activity stopped um when we went to investigate further, uh, we knew where these people were at. They get up and packed up and moved. And the word we got back was is that they had hit a, hit a wall and mm -hmm. it had reverberated back to them, right? So the, the, the dark magic they were working against me had rebounded and they fled the area. So uh, that, was, that was just... You know, something that's that so meant cool. a lot to me, right? I never get that, so. Only those of us who have been hip deep in this, as long as any of us have been, mm -hmm. would be like, oh, this is an understated story. There's, you know, an apparition <laughs> of a brimlin oil that right. I buried with yeah. a dead friend yeah. that, you know, has come to, like, help me deal with this <laughs> stuff beyond. <laughs> yeah. not, 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 nothing yeah. But yeah, it's kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's, there's Bob's innocuous little story. Since the other ones are so much more dramatic, yeah, uh, we'll save them for another time. Yeah. yeah. Um. So those stories are were so fantastic. So yeah, we're we're definitely uh, we're definitely having some adventures in uh, Bob's neck of the woods at the uh, the Odd Fellows because um, yeah, throw me in head first. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think it's going to be fun. And uh, yeah, that's a, a good story to, uh, I guess, end this episode on. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, yeah, it doesn't get better than those uh, stories. And um, it's kind of, I don't know how I feel about the, the magic that you guys have experienced in paranormal investigations to be, you know, somewhat as... Uh, you know, dramatic or exaggerated as I thought 
you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, so I'm not that creative. Is <laughs> people <laughs> actually doing this? Uh, I mean, I'm, nobody's I'm fireballs with their fingertips. There's no fuzzard. As cool as that well, would not be. Yeah, not yeah. yet. Just, just wait till we all get together. I'm sure we can make that happen. <laughs> we can burn down the fellows. No, we can't. We're staying there. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, right, it doesn't. Right, yeah. <laughs> not, not literally burning it down. Like burn it yeah. on the astral if you really feel the yeah. need to. But even that seems excessive. <laughs> right. <laughs> that seems like a lot of work. Like never mind. Ooh. Never mind. Okay. Well, you guys, thank you so much for coming on. This was so exciting. Um, thank you for having us. Yeah. yeah no, I, I knew this was going to be a good episode, but this was so much better than I even thought because just the stories like these actual lived experiences uh were so fantastic so i really appreciate you three for uh coming on and this is uh bob's second time on on the podcast elfie second michelle's third time michelle third is uh, yeah yeah so you're you're leading the pack with uh, the amount of time that you've been on uh the podcast so there you go you're just a star what can i say what can I say? <laughs> um, yeah. So anyways, um, uh, oh, I forgot. I was going to ask you that. Uh, Michelle, I see like a, like a interesting looking book behind you. That's, that's coincidentally placed right behind you in perfect view of the camera. Um, but this seems but, like an interesting book. What is it, pray tell? Oh, just a 10th anniversary edition of the Dictionary of Demons. Mm-hmm. It is so lovely. In I'm very happy with cover. It's yeah, gorgeous. it's all sold out now. You can't get the hard cover anymore, but you can get the soft cover. Yeah, it's fantastic. I was more amazed how much more information you cramped into the tenth anniversary compared to the first one. Yeah. <laughs> I am wife will ever forgive me because uh, somebody had pointed out a new grimoire that I hadn't had access to oh. after I was like almost done, and we were on our vacation at a place in upstate New York. And I mean, I like to work and read and do research mm-hmm. anyway, but we spent most of the nights just transcribing stuff <laughs> frenetically. Oh, to God. Get all of these like extra 300 names that I was just like, I can't leave this out though. Like, like so much scholarship had happened in the 10 years, like, the, especially mm-hmm. like in, in academic circles. Like, like it, when I was oh, yeah. trying to do this stuff, as like a freshman and sophomore at my Jesuit university back in like the early 90s like no one was like taking the study of this seriously not from a literary perspective not from a sociological perspective not anthropologically none of it um and because it was just it was magic like nobody did uh and and now there's a whole now there's good scholarship there's some fantastic voices like there's so much Mm -hmm so many things that are being translated uh just ah uh, can't wait for the next 10 years and then what i will like it'll have to be a two volume set at that point yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome um okay so uh for the listeners well and for the viewers because this will go up on youtube you guys have some homework you're going to um revisit some paranormal state uh episodes because they're fun you're going to watch the movie a dark song and then you're all going to tweet at Liam Gavin uh, to be like, "On wants you on uh, his podcast, so respond to his email. Um, you guys are going to watch Chemical Wedding and then let me know what you think of that on Twitter to see if I should watch it or not. Um, and 
find extreme paranormal for me. There's got to be a <laughs> listener out there that has some sort of magic that can find these episodes somewhere so we mm. can watch it. And uh, lastly, if you want some good occult fiction, um, you're going to want to buy all of Bob's books, mm-hmm. uh, especially my favorite, Descendant, which is just so fantastic. But Firstborn, I really, really, really like as well because it's all short stories and I really like short stories. And uh, Michelle's uh, Shadow Side series, which is just mind-blowing. I remember when I first started reading uh, the first book and I'm writing my little short stories as well. And I'm I'm reading, um, uh, I got uh, into book one, like I was literally on page two and I'm like, how how can I even let anyone read what I write when this stuff exists? Mm-hmm. So brilliant. It's so fantastic. And it reads like a movie. Like mm-hmm. it's it just, it, 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 oh, it, they're, they're perfect. So it's great occult uh, fiction. Um, uh, it's fantastic. So snap up, snap up all of their books. Angry you, Nephilim doing magic, getting yes. in trouble. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, um, and on that note, um, uh, everyone's uh, links uh, are going to be in the show notes. So you can follow um, uh, Bob, Alfie, and Michelle on all their social media, uh, go websites, you know, all that jazz. It's all in the show notes. So go there. My links are in the show notes um, because you're going to want to follow me everywhere on social media, especially on Twitter, because I, I, I want to know what you think of Chemical Wedding and uh, you're going to someone out there is going to let me know that they found extreme paranormal somehow. And they're going to let me know. So I can <laughs> those episodes. So, some obscure don't, work for, don't work for someone out there. Someone out there is, is going to like, be like, I like a challenge. So I'm going to find this, this obscure show. So thank you in advance. And thank you three again uh, so much. I really, really appreciate it. This was so much fun. Uh, perfect it. episode. Perfect episode for Samhain. Perfect episode for episode one of season two. And uh, yeah. Want to say one more thing, Michelle? Sorry, you, you kind of look like you want to say something. Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. I just this one thing. Okay. All right. Um, so any final words from the three of you? Uh, feel free. Go ahead. Anything? Happy Halloween. Happy mm. Halloween. Happy Ooh. Halloween. Spooky Happy Samhain. Thank you, everyone. It's the best time of the year. And okay, so, all right, on that note, happy Halloween, everyone, happy Samhain, and uh, have a good night. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Lux Files. You'll find all the guest links in the show notes, as well as the link www.laylokanzawin.com slash links. That link will get you to my page of links, where you can then go to my Laylokanzawin website, the Lux Files page, and my Laylokanzawin YouTube channel that has all the Lux Files videos. It also has all my social media links there, so you can follow me and the Lux Files. And don't forget subscribe to the Lux Files wherever you get your podcasts. And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving me a review. Until next time.